The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us today. Today's guest is so relevant to what's going on in current events right now. You know, a lot of us have watched the news and we've seen Occupy This and Occupy That. It's going on all over the world. And there's all kinds of things, uh, negative things being said about banks. But today we have some good news about what one bank in particular is doing to create green jobs, reduce carbon footprints, uh, encourage green businesses and environmentally responsible operations. We have the Vice President of Environmental Affairs for Wells Fargo with us today. Stephanie Rico is going to be talking about a huge amount of programs and products and policies that they have been working on for years to actually help create a more sustainable world, a more sustainable economy. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Stephanie. Thank you, Jill. It's wonderful to be here with you talking about my favorite topic, green stuff. Yep, you and I are are both uh, green geeks a little bit. We can sit down and talk for hours about green stuff. And if it's not green, we're talking about our kids, two favorite subjects in the world. And and actually what you're doing is going to, no doubt, have a great effect on our kids' future. Well, I was reading some of your blogs recently, Stephanie. You have a Wells Fargo environmental forum that I really enjoy. And I was amazed by one of the facts that you highlighted from your 2010 CSR report. It said, we provided more than $1.3 billion in environmental loans and investments supporting the growth of renewable energy. I'd love for you to talk to our listeners about what you categorize as environmental loan and investments and what kinds of projects you financed with that $1.3 billion. Okay. I'm happy to talk about that. So, yes, um, we are lending to environmental businesses, and we have provided more than $1.3 billion to environmental opportunities last year. And since 2005, we've provided more than $8 billion to environmental, environmentally beneficial opportunities. Now, the types of projects we finance do include solar and wind energy projects. Uh, in fact, Wells Fargo has become a leading financer of renewable energy projects. And since... Let's see, it's been about 2006, we've financed more than 250 renewable energy projects in the U.S. And those aren't little solar projects here and there, but rather large-scale installations. Um, To put that in perspective, from a size perspective, the combined, the solar projects that we've financed produce enough clean renewable energy to power about a million households. Wow. But you um, had asked really more about what we consider kind of environmental, which is Mm -hmm. a fantastic question. 
Um, and let me just share with you a little bit of background on that. Um, one of the issues is in kind of tracking what we count as environmental is that there is not currently an agreed-upon kind of national green business standard, right? It just it right. doesn't exist. So um, for us, when we're thinking about, well, what do we count as environmental versus in, like an environmentally beneficial opportunity as a non-environmentally um, beneficial opportunity, what we try to think about is additionality. So things that we're counting are projects that have, that are either renewable energy or it's a LEED certified building or it has a very special kind of green feature to it more than normal. Mm-hmm. And real quick, um, I'll share with you, um, when we first started tracking our environmentally beneficial opportunities, I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of very inclusive and was including things like, you know, if we financed buses. And then what happened is our environmental finance team kind of took over the tracking of our, what we're financing and what we're counting as environmentally beneficial transactions. And they added a lot more rigor to the process. And they asked me, they said, Stephanie, uh, I see here you're counting uh, buses, but uh, are those buses running off of fossil fuels? And I said, well, I'm not sure. They said, well, we can't count those unless we know that they're, are they electric buses or running off of some type of alternative fuel. Mm-hmm. So our environmental finance team is tracking, and they um, issue a report each year. It's on our website, and you mm-hmm. can Google or Bing Wells Fargo Environmental Finance Report, and they provide examples of different projects that we fund. Mm-hmm. That that finance report, environmental finance report, is fascinating, and some of the case studies that are outlined in that report are so interesting. And you know, besides, like you gave us a great measurement um, earlier, uh, talking about how what you financed in terms of renewable energy is enough to power a million homes. Are there other uh, environmental benefits like that that you can calculate or measure? Uh, as a result of what you financed with environmental loans and investments? So there are. There are lots of other benefits. And what we're doing now is we are focusing more on how do we track and capture those benefits. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you're right. We do know how much renewable energy our projects produce. But what we want to get better at tracking is, for example, jobs, how many jobs were generated and maintained as a result of those renewable energy projects, mm-hmm. right? And once we get better at tracking that and counting that, uh, I think we're going to be able to tell a better story and show how the new green economy is good for our communities in multiple ways. Right. Well, and, you know, there, there are so many ways to track these kinds of things. I know that... Um, for instance, the Sustainability Consortium is looking at things like tracking water savings and uh, carbon emissions and all those sorts of things. And because, you, as you said, there's really no industry standard at the moment, um, it's kind of up to every institution to come up with their own. And um, I, I'm really encouraged, though, to see the leadership that you've taken um, as a bank, you know, as well as Fargo, to try and, and define how, you know, these investments and these loans have actually had a benefit on the community and on the environment. Um, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm curious as well. You know, you've done a great job of outlining the environmental benefit of what Wells Fargo has done internally to go green in its business operations. And I want our listeners to definitely check out your environmental affairs report on your website. But could you go over some of the highlights with us? I mean, how has Wells Fargo internally made its own operations more sustainable? And what impact do you think those efforts have had on the environment? Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, there are so many accomplishments, it's, it's hard to know where to start, but let me give you a few examples of accomplishments that we're most proud of. First, and, um, I should say, Diane Miller, Sherry Lucas, they're with our retail banking team, and we have our friends in Wells Fargo's corporate properties group. They have been working diligently behind the scenes for many, many years working to green up our facilities, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they're really our unsung heroes. Uh, because when you walk into our stores or our buildings, you can't automatically see the work that they've done because it's really behind the scenes. So one of the um, accomplishments that we're proud of is that we are um, one of the first companies to earn, it, it, it's called pre-lead certification, and LEED stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. It's by the U.S. Green Building Council, and it's a certification for um, showing that the way we build our buildings um, meets their environmental standards, so for water and energy, recycling, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the first things we've done. And then, but that, that certification, that pre-certification applied to all of our new buildings, right? So if we're building out a new store. But one of the questions is, you know, we're not building new stores every single day. And we have, I think it's 6,000 existing retail banking stores. So wow. once we got a handle on new stores, then we turned our attention to, well, what do we do with our existing buildings, Right. Right. So the team has been working behind the scenes um, to uh, put in a process in place to make sure that our existing buildings are, uh, you know, when they're being retrofitted, that they're being retrofitted in a way that includes high-efficiency heating and air conditioning systems and, you know, low-toxic chemicals, and that when we're operating in the buildings that we're buying uh, recycled paper and things like that. So a lot of this work has been done behind the scenes, uh, but this year, and in fact, very recently, we won a U.S. Green Building Council 2011 Leadership Award, and that award really validated all of our behind-the-scenes work um, and gave us that third-party endorsement that we really are a leader on greening up our buildings. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And by the way, if our listeners are unfamiliar with LEED, although I think a lot of you know about the U.S. Green Building Council and LEED standards, that award is is no small thing. It's The U.S. Green Building Council is a huge organization, and to be distinguished in that way is, is quite an accomplishment. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, you know, you have also some 
besides your corporate efforts, you have some local green teams uh, in various locations, and they've been doing some things right out in the community, very hands-on. In a couple minutes that we have left before we have to take a quick commercial break, tell us about some of the activities of your green teams and some of the stories you're most proud of. So first, I love our green teams, and you're right, we have 50, although the number keeps going up and up. And let's see, examples of activities that the green teams have um, taken charge of include helping to eradicate styrofoam from our locations. So they have an educational campaign uh, encouraging people not to use styrofoam and then also working behind the scenes with our properties folks to get rid of it in our buildings. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a grassroots um, effort with a lot of collaboration with our properties team and suppliers to help get rid of styrofoam. That's we haven't awesome. completely gotten rid of it yet, but we're working on it. Well, it takes time. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> takes time. Now, how how many green teams did you start with? Give us some idea of how this program has grown over the past just couple of years. Let's see. It, we started with one or two green teams, our Minnesota green team and our wholesale banking green team uh, started, I want to say, back in 2005 or 2006. Uh-huh. And let, in 2010, I think we ended with 35 green teams and we're up to 50. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, we have got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, lots more with Stephanie Rico, Vice President of Environmental Affairs for Wells Fargo. Don't go away, folks. Much more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Glad that you could join us. We have today Stephanie Rico. She's the Vice President of Environmental Affairs for Wells Fargo. And we're talking about some of the things that Wells Fargo has put into place to uh, support and encourage and invest in sustainability. All kinds of different projects and programs. You can check it out on their website. If you go to their corporate website and look at their environmental finance report, they've also got information on their green teams. Stephanie writes uh, a great blog on their environmental forum. Uh, just a lot of fantastic things going on, and I'm really excited to have you on, Stephanie. Now, one of the things I noticed on your website is that Wells Fargo is an e-stewards enterprise, and I'd love for you to tell our listeners about that program and why Wells Fargo chose to participate in that. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. E-stewards is something I'm very passionate about, both from a Wells Fargo perspective, but also from a personal perspective. And so if your listeners haven't heard of eStewards, I encourage you to Google it, Bing it, learn about it. But the essence of it is it's a a certification program that ensures that your e-waste, so whether it be a a computer monitor or computer, pretty much anything that plugs into the wall, uh, is properly disposed of at the end of its life, meaning uh, specifically that it is not, your e-waste isn't ending up in places where it doesn't belong, like in the hands of children in developing countries. Mm-hmm. And, and so, well, as a Wells Fargo, well, as a company, Wells Fargo is an e-stewards enterprise. And what that means is that when we dispose of our e-waste, we use e-stewards certified recyclers. And that helps us uh, ensure that our e-waste is properly disposed of. That's fantastic. We've done some shows on Go Green Radio on this subject. I know, gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago um, when, was it 60 Minutes or 2020, but it did a big expose on e-waste going to China, and um, it was just so sad and tragic to see the human health impacts of improperly disposed of e-waste. And so I really congratulate Wells Fargo on making that that very uh, humane and, and responsible move. Thank you. Let, and let's, I'm sorry, just go, real quick. Sure. For your listeners, one way, I mean, it's shocking, and, but if you want to see for yourself, if you Google e-waste in Africa or e-waste in China or e-waste in India and use the uh, images search feature, you can see what it is that we're talking about. And as Jill said, it is shocking. And... One way listeners can help participate in 
preventing our e-waste from ending up in those places where our e-waste doesn't belong is to also look for e-steward recyclers. That's a great point, and I, I've mentioned it before, but I think it's worth mentioning again. You know, a lot of our listeners um, are part of community um, fundraisers, especially in the state of California where e-waste can actually generate some revenue. Um, and there are schools and churches and other organizations who will sponsor e-waste recycling days as a fundraiser. Right. And uh, this is a, a perfect opportunity to ensure that the people you use to collect the e-waste and haul it away from your location are e-steward qualified and certified. So that's that's a great point. Well, Stephanie, I'd love to talk about your environmentally responsible lending initiative. First of all, when did Wells Fargo first initiate what you term as environmentally responsible lending practices and what kind of prompted you to begin that? So, let's see. We've been in business forever. No, not forever. I think it's more than... About 160 years ish. Yeah, with the wheel, the uh, the wagons and the <laughs> horse-drawn, you know, carriages. Yep, that's right. And so we would say in our historical uh, services, they actually have our green timeline. That our as a business, we've been environmental stewards for the most part all along, right? Mm-hmm. But back in 2005, what we did is we announced a company-wide environmental commitment, i.e. drawing our line in the sand, making it very known and that environment is important to us and we're going to be very proactive in our efforts to protect it. Mm-hmm. So our efforts started back, our more recent efforts started back in 2005 with our commitment. And it's really... That, go sorry, right ahead. You, you had asked why... And it's recognizing that our stakeholders and our customers and our communities uh, increasingly care about environmental issues, and so do we. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in your policy, it states that um, Wells Fargo has strengthened our lending practices and due diligence of middle market and large corporate customers in environmentally sensitive industries to help ensure that our customers do business in an environmentally responsible way. Let's first of all talk about what the environmentally sensitive industries, uh, which ones you're talking about, which ones does this policy apply to? So what we're talking about is really industries or sectors such as extracting extraction industries or oil and gas or industries that are can be more impactful on the environment than others. Mm-hmm. But for us, our intent around enhancing our environmental due diligence, what it really means is having a better understanding of each of the sectors that we lend to, um, to deeper understand what are the environmental risks, what are the impacts on our communities, and as we work with our customers, how do we reduce those risks? Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like your lending practices and some of the due diligence that you've put in place have helped to ensure that those businesses are doing uh, their business in an environmentally responsible way? So I would say that our practices have helped really educate our lenders and help us so that we have more eyes wide open, right, mm-hmm. in what we do. 
But all along, Wells Fargo, we're a little bit different because we're not trans, we're not like a transaction lender where mm-hmm. we're lending on different transactions to make a quick buck, right? We're right. relationship bankers. And as relationship bankers, um, part of being a relationship banker is really knowing our customers and, and seeking a long-term relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, kind of having the, the kind of the tools and the framework to have discussions with them about the environment uh, has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, and there are so many issues. I mean, for every industry, for every company, there are different environmental risks and and liabilities. And I remember, um, you know, my listeners know that I've done some work with the China Entrepreneur Club. And every year I go to China on Earth Day and I speak to basically their version of the sustainable industries, um, some of the largest multinational and Chinese companies um, that are doing amazing work in sustainability. And I remember listening to the chairman of China Merchant Bank talking a few years ago about um, how they were beginning to look at environmental risks and liabilities in the same light that they would see other liabilities and that they were looking at lending practices that would treat a company with environmental risks or litigation propensities um, in in the same way that they might look at a company's you know leadership and financial record and things like that and that their lending practices were going to reflect the growing you know exposure that environmentally insensitive or irresponsible business practices can cause and i'm just wondering if you're seeing some of that same movement here in the US in in lending pro- policies absolutely um, I, I think that's definitely the case that um, people in general or financial institutions in general are more aware of issues and also companies or customers that are addressing those issues um, tend to be leaders in their industries and those are really customers that we um, tend to do business with, which is great. Well, that is great. And, uh, you know, you have a great portfolio of, of customers, to be sure. Um, how do you see, I mean, what will be the process for Wells Fargo extending some of those environmentally responsible lending practices beyond this initial set of environmentally sensitive industries? I mean, how do you see uh, rolling those lending practices out to other industries? So we are tackling it on a sector-by-sector sector basis. And so if you go to our website, uh, wellsforgo.com slash environment, what you'll find there is our environmentally responsible lending statement, and it focuses right now on the extraction industries. And so the idea is that we would be able to expand that to other sectors like mm-hmm. ag, right? Sure, absolutely. And I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe in some period of time, um, even, you know, personal loans, home loans, what have you, or or small business loans might have some component of that as well. I mean, it's hard to say, and I know that there's some sensitivities being the very first bank to to try something like that that may not always create a competitive edge. But um, I I like the direction that you're going, and I'm very supportive of that. how do you think that you know companies in these environmentally sensitive industries might 
be able to decrease their exposure or increase their credit worthiness by investing in R&D, research and development of maybe cleaner technologies for their industry. Does that give them a leg up when it comes to environmentally responsible lending? Let's see. I don't know that it necessarily gives them a leg up per se Uh with respect to environmentally responsible lending. However, it is um, frankly what I consider a smart business move to Mm -hmm. kind of diversify. you know, your portfolio and recognize that the, you know, greener economy is emerging mm-hmm. and to, to remain kind of relevant, um, it, it's probably a good practice mm-hmm. to kind of enter into that space. Absolutely. Well, and again, going back to some of the work that that I've been uh, involved with, with the China Entrepreneur Club, they've created an audit system um to judge companies against um, in terms of who will get their green awards each year and uh, a percentage of revenue being um, invested in R&D and clean technologies uh, is actually a, a bonus for the companies that are involved. And some of those companies are enjoying, uh, that, that, that win those awards, are enjoying some financial and some lending benefits from that. Something to think about. There's so much going on in the world of green banking. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll be talking more about some of the great green initiatives going on at Wells Fargo. So don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy the R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. If you're just joining us, we have a terrific guest with us. We have Stephanie Rico. She's the Vice President of Environmental Affairs for Wells Fargo. And she's been talking to us about a number of different things, um, ways that they have increased their environmentally responsible business practices just internally, uh, some of the things that their green teams around the country have been doing, and some of the ways that they're influencing for the better some of their customers' environmentally responsible business practices through their environmentally responsible lending principles. And I'm really excited to see all the various ways that Wells Fargo is going green because the ripple effect of their programs extends, of course, out into all of the customers and all of the uh, branch operations that they are that they are responsible for. So it's very exciting stuff. If you're just tuning in and you wish that you'd have tuned in earlier, don't worry because you can hear a replay of this episode on the Green Living Channel that Voice America has. If you go to voiceamerica.com and click on the Green Living Channel, this episode will air again next Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the West Coast, from noon to 1 on the East Coast. And uh, you can let your friends and your colleagues know that 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 replay will happen and you can listen to it again as well. Well, Stephanie, uh, we hear about a couple of things in the lending space when it comes to green lending, um, and those are the carbon principles and the equator principles. I'd love for you to talk to us just briefly about the role that those principles play in setting green credit standards. All right. So I think what's important, well, first, the equator principles apply to a specific type of financing. And we won't go into the nitty-gritty of it, but it's project financing. It's very specific. And carbon principles apply to financing of electric power plants. But what's important, and, and both of them are kind of industry and agreed-upon standards or framework for managing risks, environmental and social risks associated to lending in those areas. But what's important is really the spirit of them versus applying necessarily to a a particular industry or a particular type of financing. And the spirit of it is really acknowledging that enhanced environmental due diligence is important uh, and, and doing it and making sure that you have an enhanced environmental due diligence framework for when you're lending or investing or what have you, that you make sure that you go into it with eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Now, you wrote a great blog about climate change, and uh, Wells Fargo you know, people might think, well, what in the world does a bank have to do with climate change? But actually, you wrote about how Wells Fargo can play a role in helping people prepare for the changes 
to come. Elaborate on that for our listeners, if you would, please. Oh, geez. I, I remember that blog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so what I was thinking about, if it's, if it's the blog that I think you're talking about, is I was thinking about climate adaptation, which mm-hmm. is different a little bit from climate change actions. I mean, both are needed, right? But climate adaptation is more about accepting that climate change is coming, or I think it's already here. Mm -hmm. And the question is really, you know, how do you take personal or community or actions to reduce the impact climate change will have on you and your family and community? And so in the blog, I was thinking about you know, really geographically, you know, thinking about where you live and, you know, are there going to be more floods or fires or your health? Because we know that climate change impacts health. You know, is there going to be, you know, Lyme disease in your area where before there were no cases of it and that type of thing? And also mental health because climate change is a daunting and depressing topic that can be overwhelming. So how do you stay positive? But all of this um, was kind of spurred by a customer story. And what happened was one of our customers, he walked into our store, and our bankers noticed that he had just moved and he was now renting. So they talked to him about renter's insurance, which he took, and it was shortly after a tornado came through and wiped out his town. Right. Oh my! And so what happened was the banker went back. I presume our store was there, still there. Uh, went back and thanked the bankers for saying, you know, he hadn't even thought about renters' insurance, and he wouldn't have got renters' insurance had it not for our, been for our bankers bringing it to his attention. Um, mm-hmm. But that renters' insurance sure saved him. Now I don't know if the tornado was caused by climate change, but it just to illustrate that. You know, there's things that you can do in advance, emergency preparedness, and just different, considering different actions you can take, uh, given different climate change scenarios. Right. Well, and, and there's so many ways to prepare for, uh, more extreme weather events and, and what have you. And certainly being financially prepared is part of that. Um, and so I think that's that's a great way that the bank can help people mitigate some of those feelings of anxiety about what's going to happen in my area, how can I be safe and secure. And uh, having uh, bankers who are sensitive to those issues is a great plus. On your website, you've identified 20 different products that Wells Fargo is offering that can help your customers become more eco-friendly, become more uh, ready for climate change. And I'd like to discuss a few of those because I think they're terrific. Let's uh, let's start talking about some of the various products that have helped save paper. Um, you're involved with and, and we're founding members of a, a program called Pay It Green. Talk to us about Pay It Green. Okay, happy to. Uh, but first... For the listeners, in case you're curious what those 20 products are, you can find them on Wells Fargo Environmental Forum, which is our blog, and you'll see four tabs, four tabs, excuse me, across the top, and one of them is called Products. And mm-hmm. if you clicked on that, our products are listed there. And some of those products have special green features, and other the other products are conventional products that have environmental uses to them. So 
Jill, pay it green. We love pay it green. Pay it green is an industry group, coalition, and it includes more than financial institutions. There's also big billers, phone companies, and utilities that have all got gotten together. And the purpose of Pay It Green is to encourage people and businesses to transact online, i.e., um, get rid of paper statements, pay bills online, receive bills on invoices online, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And once we're all um, banking online, then there's going to be tremendous paper savings associated with it. I should get the stat up. Um, on our blog, we have a calculator that can help uh, people estimate how much paper they can save and the environmental benefits of banking online. Well, and, you know, to each individual person, it may not seem like a big deal that, like, for instance, at a Wells Fargo ATM machine, you can deposit checks without an envelope. Um, But the aggregate savings in paper, when we all do those kinds of things, is tremendous. And people might say, well, okay, so we're saving trees, we're saving paper, but we can plant new trees. What's the big deal? Well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, when you are saving paper, you're saving energy. You're saving water. When paper is created, there are a lot of natural resources that go into the creation of paper. And so uh, an institution as large as Wells Fargo and some of the others involved in Pay Green, the aggregate savings of natural resources, besides just trees, when you're saving paper, is phenomenal. Thank so you. Uh, that's that, really awesome. That's exactly right. And since you mentioned ATM machines, I will share with you kind of a little known, a little known factoid. So you're right. Many of our ATMs are envelope free. I think it's up to 60 or 70% of them, maybe more because it keeps going up and up and up. So because our uh, ATMs are envelope free, what that means is, for example, if you deposit a check, we are able to take the image of the check to get it cleared through other financial institutions. Whereas before, if you deposited the paper check in an envelope and we didn't have that imaging technology, what would happen is the armored vehicles would have to come by our ATMs every single day to collect the paper checks so that they could be processed. But now, with the envelope-free ATMs that use, that use imaging technology, all of that is able to be done electronically, and that means that the armored vehicles no longer have to service the ATM machines every single day. And if you can imagine those big armored vehicles, you know, driving around all around town every single day and the environmental impact of that, it's pretty significant, right? Yeah, those aren't Priuses. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. I never realized that. I just thought it was a really cool feature that either you could, you know, get a receipt with the with the check images on it, or you can get that just emailed directly to you with the images on it. But I didn't realize that you were actually saving those carbon emissions from the armored vehicle, uh, you know, transportation piece. That's that's an amazing environmental benefit right there. Pretty cool. Very cool. Well, we've got to take a quick commercial break, folks. But when we come back, we have met much, much more to talk about. There are more environmentally responsible products and green products for Wells Fargo banker, uh, Bank customers to take advantage of. So don't go away because we have much more Go Green Radio right after this. 
Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us. And I have to give a quick shout out to all my tweeps. Love you guys. You're always tuning in, always sending me great questions and comments. And I'm so glad that you're out there. If you'd like to join me, uh, if you'd like to follow me, I'll follow you back. I'm at, at Jill Buck. That's at J-I-L-L-B-U-C-K. And we have a lot of fun out there in the tweet cyberspace so please join us and we'll have a good time we have a great guest today i feel so encouraged um, by what she's been sharing with us stephanie rico is the vice president of environmental affairs for wells fargo and it's opened my mind so much in the the tremendously important and pivotal role that a bank with an environmentally responsible mission the difference they can make in a community, the difference they can make in even large industries, and I just think her work is so important. We mentioned before the break that that Wells Fargo has 20 different products that Wells Fargo customers can uh, take advantage of to become greener in a number of ways. They have products that will help people finance energy efficiency retrofits to their homes and ways that you can use your Wells Fargo reward points to support clean energy. There's just so many different things. But I want to focus on one in particular, Stephanie, and that's your social sustainability fund for investors who want to invest in companies that have a positive environmental track record. Tell us more about that fund. All right. Jill, thank you very much for asking me about that. So the Wells Fargo Social Sustainability Fund is an investment fund that where the fund managers – screen out 
certain um, companies kind of based on their social and environmental track records. And what they do is they proactively kind of screen in companies that are performing well on environmental and social issues. So, but really the point is less about our fund, the Wells Fargo Social Sustainability Fund. I think what's more important is what it represents. And really what it represents is one of many, many different investment options for people to, it's really voting with your dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not an investment manager, but essentially it's, you can go in, you can talk to your financial consultant and say, you know, I'm, you know, here's my risk tolerance and, you know, they'll ask you questions about that. And, you, you know, you expect certain returns and, you know, they'll ask you questions about that. But you can also say, I am concerned about X. I think it started with uh, alcohol and tobacco. Right. Uh, but it has expanded to, I am concerned about companies that are involved in X industries or that have, you know, um, concerning environmental or social track records. And I, as an individual investor, I don't want to invest in those companies, right? Mm -hmm. So the social responsibility investment funds, also known as the environmental, social, and governance funds, um, are ways where you can invest your dollars in companies that are doing good things. You can direct your dollars, vote with your dollars. And I encourage your listeners to go in, if you haven't, Talk to your financial advisors, whether at Wells Fargo or, you know, wherever your financial advisor is, and see what your options are and see if that's right for you. Well, and there is a great deal of power to the purse. I mean, we know that whether it's in consumer spending and whether or not you choose to participate in uh, buying green products versus ones that we know are not good for the environment. I mean, consumers, I think, are really beginning to understand more than ever before how they can influence the products that are available. And not just through getting on, you know, a company they don't like, uh, getting on their Facebook page and bashing them all day long. That has its place. But truly, um, you know, products that don't sell don't stay on the market. And that's also true for investments. Um, you know, companies that, that can't get investors because investors don't appreciate their business practices don't stay in business. And so a lot of consumers and investors are starting to realize how much influence they can have over companies' uh, practices and products just simply by where they choose to place their dollars. Now, you also have um, some very cool products for um People in city and county government, you have a sustainable public infrastructure group. And for our listeners who are out there, and we do have a lot of listeners who are involved in government affairs and in government positions, talk to us about that sustainable public infrastructure program that you have. Certainly. So what we've done is we have a group of experts that their goal is to help, they're there to help cities, universities, with their environmental initiatives. So whether it be financing for energy efficiency projects or solar or what have you, we have a team prepared, um, well-versed in environmental issues and different kind of municipal sustainability goals, and they're there for you. 
Wow, that's fantastic. How how long has that been going on? They have been around for about two two years. That's tremendous. And I know, you know, with the Go Green Initiative, that's the nonprofit organization behind Go Green Radio. That's my my fourth baby. Started it in 2002. We deal with schools all over the country, in fact, all over the world. And a lot of them would love to be a part of this, you know, wave of distributed generation and be self-generators of, of clean, renewable energy. But they just don't know what their best options are for financing. And knowing that Wells Fargo has uh, a, a public infrastructure group ready to assist with that is is great news. Um, and I would encourage our listeners to get out there and, and find out more if you, that's something you're considering. Absolutely. And what I'm going to do is let me give you a email address. It's environmental.finance at wellsfargo.com. That'll get you into our environmental finance team. And depending on what it is that you want to finance, uh, they can help direct you, if not handle it themselves. Say that email address one more time for us. Certainly. It's environmental.finance at wellsfargo.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Stephanie. That's a great resource. You know, you've been doing so much. You and I have known each other for several years now, and I know that you've been doing so much um, with you know, to continue moving Wells Fargo toward uh, greater and greater options for your customers in terms of environmentally uh, responsible products and, and options. What's on the horizon for you and your team, Stephanie? What are your goals over the next 12 months? So, let's see, we have been at this since 2005, and while we've made a lot of progress, we're really just getting started. And looking forward, I suspect you will see from us more, as we talked about earlier, impact reporting and more quantitative goals, uh, talking about, you know, where we're going, where we're headed, more tracking and measuring. Mm-hmm. So, we're beginning to be more quantitative in our efforts. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is something that will become a competitive advantage for Wells Fargo? I hope so. Well, that's I hope so, and I hope not, right? Uh I hope so because I think that we are a leader and we're making tremendous progress on this front. At the same time, I hope not because it's not all about Wells Fargo. I wish Wells Fargo could do it all and protect and enhance the environment. We can't do it alone. We need all companies, all financial institutions, governments, and people getting on board. This is a very collaborative, big issue. Well said. Well said. Um, Stephanie, I'm so glad that you could join us today on Go Green Radio, and I hope that all of our listeners will check out all of the fantastic information that you have online. Your Wells Fargo Environmental Forum is just chock full of, of great things that people can take advantage of, whether they're looking at personal banking or whether they're looking at small business, large uh, enterprise financing. I'm just really encouraged by what you're doing, and thanks for joining us. Folks, we're going to be back same time, same place next week. Until then, have a great week and do something in your life to go green.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.